2: Welcome Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Want to say hello to all the Pewter people that are joining us today for a Monday edition of the Pewter Report podcast. No, it is not a victory Monday because the Bucks fell short 27-14 to 14 to the San Francisco 49ers, but... It is a roll call Monday, which we do every Monday at 420. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And, you know, this Monday episode, I would say sometimes you're, you're still thinking about the last game that the Bucs just played. Sometimes you just want to move it forward. I think this week is just a move it forward type of thing. Yep. The 49ers are in the rearview mirror, so we'll get into a little bit more from Todd Bowles and Antoine Winfield Jr. today as well. I'm your host, Matt Matera. Join with me is... SR Scott Reynolds from pewterreport.com. Scott, we spoke to Todd Bowles, and his message is still the same. He's going to defend his guys to the very, very bitter end, no matter how good or bad they play.
1: It's his choice. I mean, he's the head coach. He gets to determine who plays and how much and what defense he wants to run and all that. And if he wants to go down with the ship, he can. That's his prerogative. I've seen it before. This is year 28 for me covering this team, and I've seen coaches – make the same mistake that he's making right now. And I, I don't wish him to be fired. I, you know, I, I don't have any skin in the game. I've gotten along with every coach except for one. And, um, you know, I, I don't mind, um, Todd bowl sticking around. I don't mind working with the new head coach. Same with general manager. I've done it. Um, we've done it, Matt for, you know, you've, you've been here for a couple of years where there've been yeah some, some different coaches here, but at the same time, um, when, when we say our opinions and, and offer suggestions, whether it's on podcasts or whether it's in video form or whether it's in a column or, or a story form, and they don't want to take the advice and, and do that and it ends up costing them their job, okay, well, <laughs> that's on them. I'm a big believer in personal accountability. And uh, I, I don't think that Todd is doing uh, himself or this team any favors with with rotating some of these edge rushers, especially when you have a guy like Yeah Diaby, who is bursting on the scene now and needs more reps to get better. Oh, and by the way, the more you play him, it seems like the more plays he makes. And and so that's kind of the, the theme today. We talked about it with Todd. We'll get into some video in a minute. Um, we can answer questions. We can rehash the loss yesterday. That's fine. That was kind of yesterday's podcast. I agree with you, Matt. We're, let's look forward a little bit, just just to set the table for this week. It's Thanksgiving, and uh, we're going to be working on Thanksgiving in terms of writing some stories covering this team because there will be a practice on Thursday. We're not going to do a podcast on Thursday, though. So, the the podcast this week will be today's. So we'll have the our standard preview show on Wednesday, Bucks versus Colts at Indianapolis. That'll be Wednesday show at four o'clock. We're taking off Thanksgiving. Uh, evening to be with their families and to have dinner and watch a little football and slip into a Turkey induced coma. Um, (laughs) And then, um, and then we'll have content again, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, but only the podcast this week, Monday, Wednesday, and then we'll have our pre and post game and in game podcast, which is Peter game day on Sunday.
2: Yeah. To get back to your point about uh, survive. I see people in the comments saying, it's about Yaya Diaby is, yeah, no shocker, the more he plays the better that he is going to be. Yeah. And why I think it's even more important for Yaya specifically is he again, he's built from stone. He it's yeah. like it's unbelievable the specimen that he is. But Yaya right now, the best part of his game is just his his bull rush. He hasn't fully developed an arsenal of pass rushing moves, but he's still getting to the quarterback. He has four sacks in his last five games. And realistically, he hasn't really been getting a ton of playing time until the last three games. So we are just at the mere surface of what Yaya Dihabi is going to be able to do for this team. The ship has sailed for Joe Tryon because he yeah. was the guy that was the physical specimen. That's right. But even he wasn't putting up the production that Yaya has brought to the team over the past couple of weeks. And if you want to say that Joe Tryon oh, well, like he does other things well. He's solid in the run game. Sure. Absolutely. But your edge rushers, the guy that you draft as a first round pick, albeit yeah. the last pick of the first round. That's a guy that you expect to do more than just being solid in stopping the run and having good outside contain, which Joe try and does. Yeah. It's been too few and far between. And it's something that we go back over and over and over again, but Bowles has to, I don't understand his undying loyalty to so many guys on this team because his undying loyalty is going to have him die as a head coach because he's going to be a head coach after the season if he just continues to trot out Joe Tryonchenko. If he continues yeah. to not play the guys that have been the most effective on this team. I get what Todd Bowles was saying today when asked about Marquise Watts. Marquise Watts only played three snaps in the game, and he's like, well, if you play a guy twice, It doesn't mean he's going to play 55% of the time. But what is he getting from Joe right. that Warrants JTS playing all this time. Exactly. exactly. Some of the, the, the snaps of Shaq Barrett, too. Fine, yeah. I'm okay with that because they're, the Bucks' most consistent pass rush, the guys that are making quarterbacks stress out in the pocket, it's their interior guys with Kalijah Kansas, right. and Tita Vea. They're not getting it at all from the outside linebackers. So why not mix it up? I don't understand this like, oh, well, like Todd Bowles is the anti-Wally Pip. He's the anti-like <laughs> someone else oh comes in and let's just have this guy – perform at a high level like no, nah, you had something good yeah and you just toss it to the side and my I'll say this one last time I, I, I said it on other publications as well Brock Purdy had a perfect passer rating that's right okay it was not like the Bucks were getting stops left and right they had a good first quarter that's when Levante got a sack that's when Vita Bay got a sack yep. after that it was you know, he dog walked the Bucks defense for yeah. for the rest of the game.
1: He did. And and I think the thing, too, is is it, there has to be that return on investment, right? If I'm going to give you this many plays, I'm expecting plays in return, meaning snaps. If you're going to play this many snaps, I expect you to be productive when you're out there. Sometimes being productive is filling your gap, right? And forcing and bouncing a run outside. Sometimes you're the setup man, right? If it's a TE stunt, right, and, and you're the defensive tackle, you're, Looping in, and you're trying to free up that end on the outside, and then it's reversed with an ET stent, which is end tackle. Um, what what I was a little, I guess, perturbed about is this this dogma that that Todd Bowles has, which says, "Well, we're going to play all four guys," meaning uh, starters JTS and Shaq Barrett, and then reserves Yaya Diaby and and Anthony Nelson. Okay, and th- that's fine, play four guys, but. You don't have to have a rotation that's set in stone. And, and I, I I do understand where Bulls made one point, which is it's not like, yeah, yeah, Diaby started off with two sacks in, in the first two plays, right? We're like, ooh, he's got the hot hand. The other sack came later on, and, and I understand that. But at some point in time, though, you have to realize what is Joe Trianshawinket producing out there in the field? No tackles, no tackles for loss, no quarterback hits, that's not that. touching the quarterback. And no pressures and no sacks. You and, and I
2: had the same amount of stats as Joe We yes. We did. So congrats exactly.
1: to you. I pre- and you too, Matt. I mean, a hell you. of a game. Um, but but my my issue is at some point in time you have to sit there and say, um, th- this is third down, right? And and we need our best guy out there. And I don't care if he's platooning with Anthony Nelson, we're gonna put Shaq Barrett and Yaya Diaby out there at the same time. And and th- that's what you have to to be able to to have. Is not this rigid well it's your series this isn't like hockey where it's you know it's the it's the, the third line shift right now third line gets out there and has the series doesn't have to be that way you can play whoever you want to play on any any given downs and i just think it's it's a little stupid to have a set in stone rigid these are the guys we're playing for this series in in all this uh, at any point in time you need your best players out there if all of a sudden it's Holding penalty, it sets up third and 20. I want Yaya Diaby yeah. out there on third and 20, regardless of whether he just came off the field or whether he's waiting his turn or whatever. That, that to me is, is, is smart football, is getting your best players in position to win, regardless of whether it's their turn to play or not. And, and I might have said this on the podcast last night. I'm tired. I've had two Celsius today. Thankfully, the second one is just as strong as the first one, and I'm, I'm all amped up right now. But Matt, they don't rotate their offensive linemen, right? You don't see Baker Mayfield having to have a wave with, with Kyle Trask, right? Um, typically your corners play every down. It's not like you're platooning your corners. So the excuse of, well, we want to keep our guys fresh. So we rotate our, our edge rushers. You don't need to do that. These are paid professionals. These are athletes in their prime of their careers, maybe except for Shaq Barrett. Um, you, you can play Yaya Diaby every single snap if you want to on defense. It's just we're talking 60 snaps, right? He's built for this. Tristan Wirfs is built to play every down. So is yeah. Cody Malk and, and Luke Edicky. And, and so to me, I don't know. I, I think it's asinine to sit there and, and not have a good feel for your personnel at the stage of the game and not playing your best pass rushers. And here's the thing. Play Yaya Diaby more. I'm going to bet with what I've seen so far that you're actually going to get more out of him by playing him more.
2: I think there should be a rule. If you're going to post video on your social media of you working out, that that contractually obligates you to play (laughs) an entire game of football if the coaching staff requires it of you. And that's yep. kind of like where we've reached the point with Joe Trianchenko. We know what we are getting out of JTS. Now, if JTS was that third outside linebacker, the Anthony Nelson role, I'd be like, all right, JTS is fine in the role yeah. that he's in as the third string outside right. linebacker, but it's just been not enough. It hasn't yeah. been enough from, you know, last season was really supposed to be that breakout year for him. Yeah. It never it never rang through and uh unfortunately it's not again this season, And Yaya quickly has made an impact when he's been able to play more. So let's get to this video from Todd yeah. Bowles, Scott, you, and ask them, why is JTS playing more than Yaya?
1: Snap counts in the production, right? You get Joe Trin and had 34 plays, did not even record a, st- a single statistic, didn't even get a quarterback pressure. And someone like Yaya Diaby comes in, 21 plays, makes tackle for loss, couple sacks, and yet played significantly less. What's the justification for giving Joe try and Schoenke that many snaps when nothing's happening on the field and someone like Diaby comes in who's making some splash plays and having more of an impact in your defense?
0: Well, we do different things a lot of times with a lot of people on there. We don't have justification for it. when we rotate our guys. Our stats are going to always look different for different guys. Uh, Yaya had a lot of production yesterday I'm maybe mean, he did. He plays a lot, he'll play more for us.
1: But yesterday when you, you look at at what's happening in the game, right? Don't you want your best players on the field more in, in certain th- those instances? Don't you want to go with a hotter hand, somebody who's affecting the offense more?
0: He didn't get them all in the first quarter. We say, let's stay with him. He's on a 50-point night like basketball. He got him throughout the game and he got him week in and week out. He's been making some splash plays, but understanding the scheme is way more important of what we have to do as well. And he's coming along with that. We're fine at the pace we have him in, and we
1: have a plan for him. <laughs> the, the plan is we're going to develop him for the next head coach because I'm going to make these yeah. personnel decisions that are going to cost me my job. Okay, Todd Bowles, it's on you. Personal accountability, man. And this is
2: like more of an NFL thing than, than this specific situation with Yaya Diaby. But why is it for most teams when they draft a quarterback, and this is your franchise quarterback, your QB yeah. of the future, a lot of the times they just throw that QB into the fire right away and say, right. this is how you're going to learn. You may yeah. struggle or swim. your first season in the NFL, <laughs> yeah. but you're going to get all this game ramp and all this yeah. experience at the NFL level. Why is it only like specific to quarterbacks? Why can't right. they do it with Yaya, Yaya Diaby or, or other positions? That, I don't know. I, I don't understand that line of thinking.
1: Yeah. Um, I, listen, I, I don't know enough about this situation here, but um, I, I've i got some some people that really know the Cowboys really well and follow that organization closely. And I've not heard a lot of great things about George Edwards. And there's a reason why George Edwards is not in Dallas anymore. And I think that this team maybe was hoodwinked a little bit into thinking, well, maybe George Edwards comes here and does for Joe Tron Schwenka what he did for Micah Parsons. And I think Micah Parsons is just really great. I think he's really, (laughs) really good on his own. And I'm not saying that nobody needed any coaching, I've got kind of a damning story I could share and I'm, I'm debating whether I should or not. It's about Yaya Diaby. Um, I'm going to hold off on it now, but I mean, it's really damning for George Edwards as his position coach. And it's not really from di It's not like, yeah, throwing him under the bus or anything. I don't want to create that impression at all. It's just, it's what, what I heard or what I didn't hear was stunning to me. Um, and I, I'm I'm just just, a teaser for the. uh, I know, and I'm sorry. I I I'm not going to share it at this time, but because I have to provide more context for it to even make sense. And yeah, it's just it's just damning for George Edwards. I just don't think he's a good good head or a good assistant coach. And I think maybe this head coach listens to him um, too much. And and I think George Edwards maybe has more to do with this defensive end or outside linebacker rotation. You know, it's just not good.
2: Yeah, the um the overall discussion about the assistant coaches has loomed larger and larger. Whether it's you know yeah. Nick Rapone being there for too long, or same with uh, Kevin Ross, or Goody and Gilbert who have been there for a while. Yeah. Although I, I thought, I mean, run blocking has been a fiasco for two seasons now. But yeah. pass blocking wise, I think the, the yeah. Bucks offensive line they're, has... they're really
1: good. They're a good pass pass protection group for sure. Uh, we we see some super chats here. Let's get to a couple of these real quick. Yeah, and then we do. we'll do roll call at 4:20. Yeah. Uh,
2: uh, shout out to Zach Jarvis. Thank you for the dollar ninety nine <laughs> super chat. Um, great comment. Devin White looks like Betty White out there. RIP Betty White.
1: Yeah,
2: uh, ninety nine years old lived a very long time. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> that, yeah, Devin needs a Snickers. Right? That's the commercial. <laughs> Betty White's out there. They eat the Snickers.
1: <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! Lying.
2: I mean, the the lack of hustle and and Todd Bowles got asked about this too, and we have the video. We'll we'll play it at some point during yeah. the show today. Uh, but the lack of hustle, and of course, Todd like tried defending Devin on it. But yeah. the, you got to sprint your ass off to get over to yeah. the other side. Like, yes, it was a well-designed play by San Fran, but maybe they designed it because they knew Devin White wasn't going to get over there. I, I don't right. necessarily know, but just again, uh, the most damning tell of it all is is what you talked about earlier and on the show previously that. Devin played a whole game, 100% of the snaps, and had three tackles. And Servastier yeah. Dennis, in 17 snaps, had two tackles.
1: Yeah. It's and, an effort and, thing.
2: It really is an it, effort
1: it, thing. It is. And, and you know, Servastier Sarva, missed two tackles as well. It's not like he came in and lit it up. And yeah. it's, it's, I have no idea if Servastier Dennis is, is going to be a starting caliber inside linebacker or, or a guy who's as good as, or better, or worse than KJ Britt. I have no idea. But you know what? I kind of want to find out, right? I, I'm at the point where, uh, like I'm ready to see better inside linebacker play. And the reason I say that is I, I'm old enough to to know what it looks like. I was, I came in in 1995, Hardy Nickerson was the guy here, Hardy Nickerson, right? Yeah. Um, Derek Brooks, Shelton Quarles, Levante, David, I, I know what good inside linebacker play looks like. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. right? right. I've seen it. And those four guys, Devin white is not even in the conversation to be in, in, in the class of those guys, just not even close. And uh you know, and, and I, I wish no ill will towards Devin white. I, I was, was listen, we had him in, in four out of our five mock drafts yeah. Yeah. in 2019. We wanted the bucks to draft him. It's a perfect fit for this Todd Bowles defense. And in 2019, he had a really good promising rookie year, very splashy player. Same thing in 2020. And just, the last two years, maybe the last two and a half years, the production has just, just not been there, and and the effort has not been there, and it's kind of baffling and, and befuddling, and you know it's it's going to end up costing people their jobs, and it's a shame, but again, it, it's Todd Bulls decides who plays and how much, so ultimately it's on him.
2: Well, he's pushing all the wrong buttons, but yeah. we push the right buttons on. The- the Peter Report podcast. One of the buttons that we push every Monday around 420, sometimes we're a little fashionably late, but that's Is that's
1: this okay. one?
2: It's this that button. Thing. It's Roll Call, baby. Where you at, Peter people? For those that may be new to the show and maybe you're tuning in for the first time, we do this every single Monday, win, lose, or draw, or in the offseason, we do it as well. Every Monday at 420, we do this fun thing called Roll Call because um, we love interacting with our fans who we call the Pewter people. Um, it's just another way to get involved with everybody. What we do is one of us will go on a, a diatribe or a rant or whatever today. I'll, I'll I'll be getting into that. And while I'm talking, if you guys want to start putting in your comments where you're watching the show from, because we have awesome fans from all over, You know, whether it's in the Tampa area or the state of Florida, the U.S., and we have awesome international fans as well. So as I start talking about the box, which I actually want to get into the rookies a little bit more, this year's you're rookie doing. draft class. Um, Scott will start putting on the screen where everyone's watching from, starting out with Kelly from Ocala. But um, I want to stick with this rookie draft class and undrafted rookies um, as well, because no one's going to get them confused by any means with the 2020 class that is highlighted by or headlined, I should say, by Tristan Wurst and Anthony Winfield Jr. That's going to go down as one of the best draft classes of all time for the Buccaneers. But I'm quite intrigued. And I think there's a lot of promise with this year's draft class. I mean, you start out with Kalijah Kansi, your first-round pick. And I'm talking a little bit more about the defensive side of the ball. But Cody Malk, I think, deserves a shout-out as well. Kalijah Kansi misses essentially all of training camp. He misses essentially the first month of the season. He played 11 snaps in that first game against the Vikings. And then that calf injury uh, flared up again. But he has been a wrecking crew since he came back. Did he have the best game against the 49ers? Right. No. But if you took the positives of what Kalijah Canty has brought since returning to the lineup and the negatives since <laughs> Kalijah Canty has returned, I mean, he's already their second best defensive tackle on the team, and he's knocking on the door of Vita Bay. He's not going to get there yep. yet for a couple of seasons. But this man has been a force, a menace, whatever you want to call it. He's been lights out in the middle. Then you get to Yaya Diaby, a third-round pick, looking like a future starter for this team. Maybe by the end of the season, he's going to become your starter. Yep. He just has so much physicality. He's very – just the, the focus.
0: I'm Alex Rodriguez.
2: And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports,
1: media, and entertainment
0: that is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not
2: uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
1: want to do another stomp you out speech.
2: It opened so, up so
0: many you know, more doors. The show
2: is called The, the deal.
1: deal. Listen to The Deal.
2: Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Focus is, is quite on point that you don't always get from a rookie because, oh, I'm in the NFL and this is great. This is fantastic. But Yaya looks like a guy that can be a solid foundation player yeah. for this team. Then you look further, uh, not even players that were drafted. Well, Josh Hayes was drafted, but Josh Hayes gets his first opportunity. He's been great at special teams, comes in, has to play corner because the corners keep getting injured left and right. It was only a number of snaps, but Josh Hayes held his own. Kayvon Merriweather, an undrafted Mm -hmm. free agent out of Iowa, comes in because Ryan Neal is injured and uh, everything else that's going on in the secondary. He comes in. And again, held his own. Was he fantastic? Yeah. No. But was he a big reason why the Bucks lost um, all – were allowed 27 points? No, I don't necessarily think so. Christian Izzian has struggled as of late. Yeah. But it's an up-and-down season. We'll see if he can bounce back. Marquise Watts looks like a future third-down pass rusher where play everybody – Play the Play Yeah, if you play him, he's the guy that everyone in the crowd is going to be like, all right, this is, this is Marquise Watts time. This is third and – this is third and medium. This is third and long. Let's get Marquise Watts on the field. I'm not saying it's perfect. Obviously, Cody Mauk, their draft pick that's starting on the offensive line, is still a work in progress. Payne Durham has showed up, not really showed out by any means. But I'm intrigued and I'm optimistic about this rookie class already. Whether it's big yeah. impact guys like Kalijah Kansi and Yaya diabi whether it's, undrafted guys coming mm-hmm. in and, and making an impact here and there with Kayvon Merriweather and with Marquise Watts. I think yeah. there are some things to really like about this group and we'll see how they continue to v- develop moving forward. Cause Scott, you talked about it for the season. Jason light had to have a home run type mm-hmm. of draft class this season, especially with, you know, the JTS draft class really, yeah. uh, really flaming sure. pretty badly <laughs> flaming out like, Pretty quickly. And so I just wanted to give a quick shout out to this rookie group because I I, I like like the direction that they're heading in.
1: Yeah, I mean, and they need more playing time so we can really accurately judge them, right? That's the thing. And they're not going to get better unless they play more. Um, And uh, you guys came to play as well. Uh, Just a uh, shout out to a couple of people here. Uh, Old school from Clemson, South Carolina. I'm not sure if you're a Tigers fan, but you saw a great win by the Houston or by the Houston by the Clemson Tigers against uh, Drake May and the North Carolina Tar Heels. Yeah. On Saturday that was a big win. Um, right there for for that so we appreciate uh, you checking in there old school. Uh, Chris Oxentine from my old stomping grounds Overland Park Kansas always appreciate your your comments and yeah. your attendance. That's awesome. Uh, also uh, in America but uh, but way out yonder from Florida especially how it's from Hawaii uh, uh Kel is 808 we appreciate you checking in yeah and um, uh, also uh, I was out in Wyoming went to Yellowstone during bi week and so Cheyenne Wyoming out there Aaron Jenkins hello we appreciate you tuning in as well uh, around the state of Florida uh, Cow pie, Florida is that even a city I've never heard of cow pie before yeah, I. um so I, I just thought it was interesting so I wanted is cow pie just a person is that a real? City in Florida. I know there's a there's a Tampa, Florida, right? Yeah. And there's also a Tampa, Kansas. There's there's two Tampas and in, in the the country, and one's in Kansas, one's in Florida. Never heard of Cowpie, Florida, but it sounds interesting. And then uh, Barry Moore. I'm not nice. sure what what time it is, but out there in Australia, Melbourne, Australia, M- Melbourne. Yeah, good. I might. Boy, well, that's so tired. What I just did there, but uh, <laughs> at the same time, we appreciate you and every pewter person yeah. who's tuning in live, or if you're watching the podcast. Thank you very much. Make sure that you give us a thumbs up, uh, hit the like button, and also leave us a comment. We like to yeah. go through go through the comments and, and answer some questions sometimes when when uh, we we don't get to uh, you from um, uh, during the podcast itself to your questions because we have so many great questions and yeah. so many awesome comments, but. We do have a rule, Matt, when it comes to questions and comments.
2: Yeah. If you super chat us, we get to your questions and comments first. By the way, last thing, uh, great turnout during roll call, but also great turnout by people that weren't able to watch live and then put their location after the yes. show as well. If you guys want to do that again, that was yeah. really cool to see. But on with the show, uh, thank you to LDBC's Most Wanted for the 499 Super Chat who says, Saludos PR. Do you think Carlton Davis will ever make a tackle? I love light but signs Carlton Davis 3 and uh, Dean to big money. Uh Carlton Davis, they to big money, yeah. uh but they have played terribly. Yeah, Carlton is turning into those one of those cornerbacks that loves to play coverage but hates to, you know, play the run and yeah. tackle and physicality. If I'm a defense or sorry, if I'm an offense, I'm specifically designing sweeps and runs to the outside at Carlton Davis because Maybe it's again, it's that that injury that really flared up yeah, for him Carlton a lot. right there. And, and and of course, uh, you know, he suffered a hip injury in this game. Yeah. But Carlton is just bad at, at open field tackling. He is not yeah. a good tackler by any means. And the longer he gets into his career, the less he's going to do it. Yeah. So I would if, if I'm if I'm the Colts, I'm I'm running plays right at him.
1: Yeah, if he plays and we'll find out later uh, if that's the case, you know, back to this point, though. Um, I, I love light, but signing him and signing both these guys to big deals. I, I get that. I, I do. At the same time, you can only go by the evidence that you have right there. There's no crystal ball. There's no crystal ball when it comes yeah. to, to signing a draft pick, if they're going to pan out or not. And it's the same thing too. There are some players where when you pay them, give them that, that big second contract, some guys feel so compelled to, and so so much pressure to go out there and earn it, they actually end up ascending and and continuing to play either at that level or higher. And a lot of those guys, I can rattle off a couple names. You might have heard of them. Warren Sapp, Derek Brooks, John Lynch, Rondé Barber, right? I mean, those are Hall of Famers because they continue to ascend when they got that second and third. And sometimes if you're Rondé Barber and you play 16 years, Matt, how many contracts he got? Seven (laughs) contracts because he signed a bunch of one-year deals at the end. But that those, those are what great players end up doing is they, they continue to ascend. And sometimes you give guys money and, and it changes them and they lose a little bit of the fire. And it's human nature. We all have to fight against complacency. But, you know, I got the Super Bowl ring, check. Mm-hmm. I got the big payday, check. And I'm not saying Carlton Davis or Jamel Dean. are are like that. I'm not calling them out of that respect. I'm just saying some players are like that. And, and they, they kind of settle for complacency, especially when it's the same message from the same coaching staff, et cetera. Listen, the guys that we're talking about, Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, Devin white, they all helped the Buccaneers win a Super Bowl. They did. You know, they all played really, really good back in 2020. It's the same message from the same defensive play caller from the same uh, position coaches and sometimes that message gets stale sometimes it gets lost and i'm not making excuses for anybody but i'm just saying like that's a reality it, you have an obligation to live up to your contract and if you're not then you need to no one's going to take a pay cut voluntarily but yeah the team might ask you to take one or they're going to cut you as a seller cap casualty and i wouldn't be surprised if carlton davis ends up getting cut next year because this team can save some money and maybe go in a different direction if, if you're not if you're not going to do two things Stay healthy and, and play uh, in, in just about all the games. And number two, if you're not going to make plays in the ball, get interceptions
2: next. Yeah, I'm, I'm, glad what you, I'm glad that you brought up the thing about not having a crystal ball because at the time when Carlton was a free agent, everybody wanted Carlton back. Yep. They were mad that Carlton didn't get the franchise tag. Why didn't you franchise yep. tag Carlton Davis? And then when they re-signed him, everybody was ecstatic. Right. Everybody wanted Jamel Dean to get back. Everyone had said their farewells, every single Bucs fan. Mm -hmm. And and everyone's like, there's no way he's coming back. And everyone was through the roof when Jamel Dean came back. So, I don't know. I I think it's kind of bogus at times when people are like, why would they ever make that signing? When three years ago, everyone was like, yeah, they re-signed Carlton Davis. So, it's easy to look at it on the other side of the fence. I think you can even go as far back as to, like, when the Bucks were drafting Jameson, it was like every right. single talking head and scout and analyst said James Winston is the de facto number one pick. And if not, then it's Marcus Mariota. And you can't look at it a couple of years later and be like, what were the Bucks thinking drafting James Winston? Yeah. It's like everyone was going to take James Right. That first pick. Same thing with everyone wanted them to bring back Carlton Davis. And it's not working out this year, but it right. doesn't mean that they were wrong at the time. Correct. For re-signing Carlton Davis. Now you just have to make a, an adjustment in present day to your point of either releasing him at, at some point, or at least finding out what he's going to bring for the rest of the season. But right. uh, good, good comment. Nonetheless, let's keep it moving with these super chats. Cause you guys are great. with The super yep. chats, Shaggy, with the $2 super chat says, is it loyalty to his players or stubbornness? This is specifically talking about Todd Bowles, just not making adjustments, uh, yep. you know, not playing. yaya More than Joe Tryon Shank things, things of that nature. Right. I think, his loyal, he—it's stubborn how loyal he is to his players. Yeah. If that makes sense, so it's yeah. kind of like intertwined in this one.
1: No, I, I agree, and and um, again, uh, he gets to decide. It's his it's his team in that regard. He gets to decide who plays in his defense and how much, and he's going to have to live with the consequences. And right now, I, I think his decisions are hurting himself as head coach who's running out of time, and I think they're hurting this team. Just running out of time to make the playoffs this year and have a chance at winning the division, man.
2: One thing I always have time for is time to have a Celsius energy drink, which is the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. There's so many great flavors. Check out the new one, the Cosmic Vibe. I've been having the sparkling orange pomegranate lately. And of course, the Arctic Vibe is my personal favorite. Uh, There's no sugar, no post. Uh, crash or jitters that you might get with another energy drink out there. So if you need to know where to find one, go to the Celsius store locator on their website. Um, Punch in your address. It'll tell you where you can pick one up. It could be a local Walmart, Target, health and fitness store, or your bodega, Scott.
1: Bodega.
2: And once you keep going to your bodega and you know you love Celsius and you just want more, you want it in bulk maybe, you can get it in bulk. That's when you go over to Amazon, click on the subscribe and save I'd recommend getting the variety pack because variety is the spice of life, and there's so many awesome flavors of Celsius. You can have it sent to your residence whenever you want. You're in charge of that. It could be a week, month, quarterly, yearly. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. Make Celsius your number one pick, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. Let's keep these super chats rolling. There's the comments. Callie Bucks, thank you for this super chat of 499 who says Bowles is not loyal to Joe try and Tryanka. this front office plays first round picks too long exhibit nope. a look nope. at how long it took to end the Winston experiment
1: nope um no that, I, I can tell you that's not the case um Winston got five years because he's a franchise quarterback pick number one overall and he showed signs of life I mean the guy was a prolific passer.
2: There were 30 touchdowns to those 30 interceptions.
1: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just, if, if they could just rein in the mistakes, right. Yeah. And, and the, I think the reason why you, you got to remember uh, Bruce Arians came here, you he wanted to work with Jameis. That was part of the lure of him coming out of retirement. It was a chance to work with him as the quarterback whisperer. And then, you know, when he threw that final pick six on the first play of overtime against the Falcons in that 2019 season finale, that was it. And Bruce said, "Man, 30 interceptions with 33 touchdowns. I I can't fix him, and that's why Jameis has not been a starting quarterback because he can't get rid of the interceptions. Look at look at when he comes in, throws a couple touchdowns in relief of Derek Carr, and gets the Saints right back in that game, and then throws two killer fourth quarter interceptions. That's who he is. But if you look at at a lot of the other players that Jason Light has moved on from quickly." Roberto Aguayo, a, a second round pick he traded up for, right? One year, boom, gone. Matt Matt Gay, um, yeah. turned into a good kicker, but missed a lot of crucial kicks, including uh, a couple in that Falcons game we we're talking about 2019. Drafted another kicker, poof, moved on. Uh, MJ Stewart, and, I
2: think, is another MJ guy. MJ Stewart, he was second round pick before yep. Carlton Davis, I might That's add. Right. And they, they kind of moved on from him pretty quickly.
1: Yeah. Michael Johnson, Josh McCown, Anthony Collins. Um, he's not a very patient general manager and, and, um, he drafts the players. It's up to the coaches when they play. And, you know, Jason has not seen eye to eye with Todd about some things. He's not seen eye to eye with Bruce about some things. He's not seen eye to eye with cutter and lovey about things. And, and that's okay. And I'm not saying Jason's always right either. That That's not the case, but, um, this is not a mandate where Jason Light is, is saying, you will play Joe Tryon-Schwenka because he's a first-round pick. That is not Jason's MO. He will he will cut bait and move on to the next guy. And listen, uh, I called out Logan Hall and Joe Tryon-Schwenka and a new Peter Pulse video. Yep. You can watch it here on Peter Report TV. I think it's worth five minutes of your time. Uh, at the same time, they drafted Kalija Kansi, Matt, Because Logan Hall wasn't showing signs of life, right? And they drafted Yaya Diaby because Joe Trine Schoenke wasn't showing signs of life. So um, he has a next mentality. If if you're not producing, he's not afraid to draft your replacement the next year. And I think that's a good thing for a general manager. I've seen the general manager in Rich McKay hang on to Eric Curry for five years when Eric Curry, as he was a bust in year one. Mm. so.
2: By the way, uh, Logan Hall outsnapped Vita Vea and Kalija <laughs> Cancy. I know Vita Vea was dealing with an illness, yeah. so maybe that's one reason why, but that's still asinine. <laughs> and, I agree. Uh, that um uh, yeah, he outsnapped him. But Eric Moreno has a ten dollar super chat. Thank you, Eric, who says chances Levante David plays Sunday. We need at least Davis or Dean. Oh, I'm pretty sure Wirfs will play. He came into the game. Would you be surprised if David and Davis play Sunday? We need David. Uh Oh, and your thumb is a full go. Yeah, you had injured yeah. your thumb right. the other yeah. day, uh, or yesterday. Glad yeah. that your thumb's doing better. You know, Todd Bowles didn't really have too much of an update um, yeah. on Levante and, and all those guys.
1: I'll play the video real quick for you. Yeah, Todd, is there any updates on your three injured defensive starters, Levante, Carlton, and Jamal? Well,
0: they're pretty sore right now. They're still getting tests run, so we have an answer. Some of the tests come back. Are all three getting MRIs? Yes. And then he got injured. Do you, do you know exactly when he he was hurt? No, they were two different things. Uh, he got hurt on the touchdown pass, the long touchdown pass.
1: Is, is Jamel's injury more of a foot or an ankle injury?
0: Uh, it's an ankle.
1: Ankle.
2: He came out, but he came back in. Um, what's his status right now? How's he doing?
0: He's pretty sore, but it's, it's it's Monday. We'll give it a chance to go toward the end of the week. Tristan's a pretty tough guy. what, what is
1: he dealing with?
0: Like? He's dealing with a leg.
1: A leg. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: So, uh, so ba- based on those responses from Todd Bowles, I'd be surprised. Out of the three defensive starters, I'd be surprised if all three are back for this game. I mean, I we know we know the injury history between Carlton and Jamel Dean. Yeah. So I'd be surprised if if both of them were able to go, I agree. And this is just speculation. I'm not, I'm I'm not pointing to anything directly. The big question is Levante. I mean, Mm -hmm. Levante has a pretty high pain tolerance, but this team is going to be in a world of trouble. If Levante, David doesn't play. I like the idea of Sarasier, Dennis, but again, he's a rookie. And the, the biggest thing that Levante does more than anything else is clean up the mistakes of Devin white. and, I, I'm not expecting Devin White maybe because he's playing the Colts and he'll have horses on the mind he'll he'll get up and gallop and uh, <laughs> I love that man it's play the, play the, play like the 2020 Devin White but right. you know he may do it for a game he did it against Tennessee but he doesn't do it consistently that's the the most terrifying thing is if, yeah. if Levante David can't play and based on what he said about Tristan Woharves sounds like Tristan probably won't practice on Wednesday but maybe you'll see him on Thursday or Friday I think they're going to give him a lot of time to heal.
1: Yeah, I, exactly. And, you know, um, th- there was a, a comment in there. Um, I, I want to say it was from, from King Cook. Uh, you know, Servasier Dennis didn't exactly come in and light it up. I agree. He missed two tackles. He made two. He missed two. But um, this was a guy that, that, that missed the last two preseason games with a hamstring injury. And I'm just curious. I want to see what he can do with more reps and if he can get comfortable in the field and make some plays. He made a lot of plays in training camp, especially in coverage, all those pick sixes. So for, for a guy like Todd Bowles that likes to spot drop his linebackers, Matt, yeah. <laughs> in zone coverage, this is a guy that, that can read and react pretty well and pick off some passes, so we'll see. Um, don't know if he can play or not. Don't know what caliber player he is. Let's find out.
2: By the way, this is what Todd Bowles had to say about Devin White. And if they need more production from Get Live
1: 45. Yeah, part of Getting more money, getting a second contract is production, right? Like you what, you what are you producing for us? When you see your middle linebacker out there for sixty plays and he gets three tackles, um, and Servatio comes in and gets a pair just in seventeen snaps, do you need more production from Devin White, especially if Levante might miss some time? doesn't doesn't Devin have to be more productive for you?
0: The defense has to be more productive. It's not just Devin, it's everybody's gotta produce more. When you lose a starter, everybody has to make more plays. We don't sit and compare. Somebody could come in two plays and have two sacks. That sure. don't mean we gonna play in 50 plays. Yeah. You know They have productive things when they do them, but there's a reason that they're not playing. So we're happy with everybody, the way they're playing. We gotta get more production out of everybody. We know that.
2: It appeared to be his um responsibility there. Um, Would you expect more from him at this juncture? I know he kind of had a similar um, situation with with Najee Harris last year uh, against the Steelers, and it was the other side of the field, but same type of thing. Just would you expect more from him?
0: I thought it was a good play call on their part. They got us, they caught us out there when he shuffles out to one side and goes back the other day and he gets picked off. There's not much you can do there. We can change the call and do a better job as coaches, but that was a tough play and it was a very good call on Kyle's part.
2: People, if there was any time to start playing underdog fantasy, tonight's Monday night football game would be the time to do it as we get a Super Bowl rematch. It's the Chiefs against the Eagles. I am tired of watching bad football. All right. The Bucks are a four and six team. I'm tired of hearing my friends from New York bitch about the Jets. Uh, I'm Florida state was the one thing that was going well for me. And then Jordan Travis got hurt Ugh, and they got a back. Yeah, that was a horrible injury. I feel so bad for him, but I'm going to have some fun tonight watching good football between the chiefs and the Eagles. So if you're unfamiliar to underdog fantasy, tonight's a great night to start getting involved with it. Their pick them is so much fun. You make at least two picks in the game uh one player on each side but you can do up to five players win up to 20 times your money you're just making some picks on whether it's higher or lower on receiving yards or passing yards or number of touchdowns for a player um you can do this all at underdog fantasy using the Promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R. Get a first deposit bonus. Also check out their in-game tournaments, their rivals. And like I said, the them is a great, great time. And they have it for all sports too, not just football, even though we know football is the best sport out there. So Underdog Fantasy, use the promo code Pewter, that's P-E-W-T-E-R. And start playing, start winning. Yep. Get to uh, some more Super Chats. Paul, a.k.a. Florida Dreamhouse with the $5 super chat says this is a victory monday why my celsius arrived and it's delicious there you go thank you pr as for the bucks i still believe the nfc south is ours and uh bm will be back i don't i don't
1: get that i don't right. know what that means but,
2: but regardless yeah. i agree love all the other points you made congrats yeah. on the uh, the celsius you were one of our winners to yeah. the celsius giveaway a couple weeks ago and, uh, yeah, I mean, we said it before. If there was any game to lose, it was this game against the 49ers with yeah. the other teams being on a bye. And the way that the other teams have played, Derek Carr is still in concussion protocols. So that means you yeah. might get Jameis for next week. Yeah. The Falcons have lost three in a row. And it's right. bad bad team. And they're going back to
1: Desmond Ritter now. So
2: <laughs> And they're back to Desmond Ritter. So yeah. they- Who
1: is 2-0 against the Buccaneers, though, mind fair, you. Fair, fair. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you on that, Matt. Uh, yeah, appreciate that. Um, and, uh, and congrats on the Celsius. Great, great product.
2: Tommy Leverone with the 499 Super Chat. Thanks, Tommy. Says, hey, guys, I want to see Yaya more. He is more productive than Joe Tryon-Shayanka. I would like to see Yaya Diaby more going forward. I like the potential and I feel like you might be onto something just continuously saying Yaya yeah, 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 Diaby. Diaby. It is fun <laughs> to say and like, it is. I, I do have it in my head every time I'm typing it out. Yeah. I'm saying it on the show here. Uh, but I'm with you, Tommy got to see more of yaya he right now arguably is your best outside linebacker but we'll say he's your second best outside linebacker yep. um at the moment get yaya playing more it's it's todd Bowles' job is on the line if they do not make the playoffs so Agreed. there's no point in protecting guys like jts I and know. devin white and things of that nature especially when it hurts i get you you're, i get you're not going to bench devin because you don't really have many other options especially yeah. with avante down but you have that opportunity. With Joe Trynchenka, yeah, J- JTS and Anthony Nelson are used to playing as a as a as a unit anyway. So yeah. why not?
1: Is it in the super chat? So he's gonna he's gonna skip the line here, but I'm gonna pull rank and and we're gonna do this because <laughs> King Cook, you, you nailed it here. See, that's the problem. Instead of bulls calling Devin out, they just pacify the situation. This is why Devin will keep playing like this. Yes, ex- exactly right. You nailed it, King Cook. Great comment there. Um, th- th- this is like. Parenting, if you don't discipline the child, you have to expect the same bad behavior. And, and uh, it's one thing to call out Devin in, in front of his teammates. And, 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 and if you do that a couple of times, and I think Bowles does that in meetings, it only has a certain amount of effect. Sometimes, and Bruce Aarons was the master of this, he would call out Tom Brady <laughs> sometimes. And, and that made news because everyone's like, oh, my God, you called out Tom Brady? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> He's one of 53 guys in the roster. What makes Tom so special? Um, if he plays bad, sometimes you got to say it. And sometimes it lights a fire publicly. Uh, players don't want to be, um, scorned in public and, and sometimes, Hey, listen, I am all in favor of pushing any button you can to get players to play better. And this is a button that Bulls just simply refuses to push. Great comment.
2: Yeah, for whatever reason, he doesn't. Uh, Brian Fisher, real quick, says, uh, Want to get an early start? I'm a truck driver out of Pasco County, just entering Georgia. Oh. Go Bucks, go Pewter Report. You're the best. Brian, it, Brian. Thank, thank you so you. much for spending your drive by listening to us. That's awesome. that is, um, That's so great, and uh, we thank you for it. Spider-Man, with a 499 Super Chat, thank you to Spider-Man, says, I may be alone, but I say give bowls another season. Unless the coach loses the locker room, he should get – three seasons to make the team successful and re signed Baker too. Now I, I know it's like been the history of, of the Clippers mm-hmm. that they give a guy two seasons. I'm not saying that they should give it to Todd Bowles. Let's just say, let's let the season play out, but yeah. maybe sometimes two seasons isn't enough to get an idea of right. uh, a certain head coach. I always go back to Jason Light. Jason under other ownership would not be around to even be in a position Correct. to sign, um, well Tom Brady but Bruce Arians that which started the 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 domino effect to get um to get Tom Brady with Todd Bowles though I mean there's so many things you can point to that says like yes his defense is great but why isn't he playing this guy and this guy why isn't he calling a timeout why did he call a timeout there's certain in-game management stuff that I think can be replaceable and again getting a young offensive mind I don't think it's the worst idea either
1: yeah I'm with you on that um the other thing I'll add to is Bulls hasn't lost the locker room. The players genuinely like playing for yeah. the guy. Um, this team plays hard, they fight. there's you know there's some redeeming qualities there, but if you're the lasers, I think you have to look at it and say, where's the progress? And I think I think the progress this year and I said it in, in a Peter Pulse video, I encourage you all to go check that out. It came out last night. Um, it might be more than just winning the NFC South. Check out the video for more.
2: Yeah, there you go. Eric Moreno, thank you for another super chat. Um, you asked this before, but we appreciate it uh, getting our attention again. Yep. Chances, Levante, David, Dean, and Davis all play on Sunday. The chances of all three playing, I would yep. say, are very slim. I agree. Are very, very slim. Chances of two or three, two out of the three, I I don't know. The 50-50, it'll be tough. We'll We'll find out more on Wednesday. Yeah. Um, When we're at practice and I'm sure there'll be another update before we even get to practice. And
1: my guess is these guys will come down to game time decisions, probably unless they just don't practice. And and then we'll have an early indication Wednesday and Thursday of what's, what's going to happen on Sunday.
2: Uh, Meets McGee with a $5 super chat. Thanks meets McGee. And they say players were relied on, have not shown up white JTS, Mm -hmm. Neil, both cornerback spots, not doing it. And there's players we have just not good. Like Robert, Hainsey. Yeah, I mean, I, I think especially when you're playing against great teams like San Francisco, you need players to step up and just make plays. Right. And I think, you know, not mentioned here, but Kate Otten with the drop in the end zone, yeah. Devin Tompkins had an opportunity mm-hmm. to make a catch in the end zone. You need those plays in those moments, and they just Agreed. didn't get it.
1: Yep, totally agree. Uh,
2: another one from Meets McGee, a $2 super chat, as Meets McGee says, oh, to make 45 yeah. 45- Devin White's play look even worse. Warner took over. Yeah, Fred Warner was oh, all gosh. over the
1: place. Ten solo tackles, 12 combined tackles, half a sack, two pass breakups, and a forced fumble. Okay, I mean, that, that's filling out the stat sheet. That's that's impact. That's, that's what you're looking for in a Pro Bowl caliber inside linebacker that you're paying big-time money to. And Devin White thinks he's that guy, and he's just not. There's no evidence that he is even in the realm of Fred Warner. There just isn't. And I'm not saying that to, you know, to hurt Devin's feelings or, or publicly shame him, but it's like, man, the, the film doesn't lie. The effort. Yeah. I mean, shed a block, man. Like show, you know, show some heart and go out there and, and fight through th- things and, and, and make plays. Uh, just gets blocked too easily. I think he's out there making some business decisions. He doesn't want to get hurt, you know, and I get it. Uh, he's been dealing with a foot injury, groin injury, Nobody's at 100 this time of year. You got to fight through things and have some pride, and you got to play, especially in a contract year, man. I'm trying to help you out by telling you what you got to do to uh, to get paid, and just not listening.
2: He's all glory, but no guts. Yeah. You know, like he, he he likes flying around. He yeah. likes the, the the big sack plays, yeah. but it's the nitty gritty stuff where the Bucks really need him, and they just uh, they haven't really gotten I that agree. from uh, that end of, of Devin White. Got a $5 super chat from vice. Thank you very much for the super chat. If you have a uh, further comment, we're happy to put it on the screen, but uh very much. Thank you very yep. much. Paul clarifying before BM Baker Mayfield. Okay, that, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. It was a late night for Peter report. These fourth o'clock games are almost like night games, right? I mean, the sun goes down to halftime now with yeah. daylight savings and stuff. We were up burning the midnight oil after uh, the game. Um, you know, There's another guy, too, that I want to really kind of highlight that, that burns the midnight oil that really gets the job done in crunch time, and that's Eric Gross with the Eric Gross Group. Gotten to know Eric. This guy, is he's a Pro Bowl caliber real estate agent. He's also the official realtor of Peter Report, um, and, and I just i I've really enjoyed every interaction I, I've had with him. Um, thankfully, I, I like my house. I'm not in the market for a new one, per se, but if I was, this would be the guy I would turn to for a couple of reasons. Number one, let's start with the fact he's an avid Pewter Report reader. He watches the Peter Report podcast. You're going to be dealing with a real estate agent for a while until you buy or sell that home. And it's all about a relationship. It's it's a forming a, a, a friendship with a, a person you're trusting to either get you the most money for your house or help you find your dream home. And it starts there. Hey, I'm a Pewter Report reader. I'm a Tampa Bay fan. And, and and go from there. Uh, this is a, a guy, an Eric that is a Tampa native. His dad was stationed at MacDellie Air Force Base. But more importantly, he's got the market knowledge and the top notch communication, the commitment to excellent service. That's what sets he and his Eric Gross group apart. They're part of the EXP Realty Group with the network of 85,000 agents. So if, if you're moving into Florida or leaving the state of Florida, they can help you on both ends of the transactions, buying and selling your home. And... Um, What I'm asking you to do, check out their website, Houses in FLA. It's got a great layout. You can check out their inventory. Uh, You can do it 24-7 at the the comfortability of your own uh, time and and place where you want to do that at. Or give Eric a call, 513-907-4271. That's 513-907-4271. Let the Eric Gross Group take the pressure off. No matter where you are in your home ownership journey, you're going to feel welcome with the Eric Gross Group, the official realtor. Peter Report again. Visit houses in fla.com.
2: Shaggy just said, Uh, UPS just delivered my Celsius. Thanks, PR. There we go, awesome. two for two. There Shaggy we go.
1: and um, I think uh, Paul, yeah, Paul. Who was the other one, Jefferson Tugboat?
2: Yes, that was the first one.
1: Okay, yeah, yeah.
2: So let us know, Jefferson, if you're if you're on yep. a chat, uh, soon enough. Yep. But we got another uh, super chat this time from <laughs> Mark Fisher, redfish who says, I believe that means. Meant to say SR. Uh, I yeah. like the pulse. At the same time, without Brady, with no expectations, and with in cap hell, would would not a nine and eight be considered a good improvement?
1: Yeah. Um, so the premise of, of the the this this new Peter Pulse about Todd Bowles' future—will he stay or will he go—is really about what the Lasers see and 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 how much does Todd Bowles have to do to stay in Tampa? And I don't know because the Lasers don't talk. Uh, during the season, they talk once a year, really, at the NFL owners meeting, yeah. uh, which you and I will be at Matt, I think it's in in uh, Orlando this year. It is in the offseason, which is nice just down the road. Um, so having said that, there's two things. H- has Todd Bowles shown enough progress? And, and what is progress? Is it is it getting nine wins, which is one more than a year ago? Is it does he have to win the division again or is is being a nine and eight wild card? Is that a step back? Right. Does he have to win a playoff game? Right? Is that the progress that Lasers want to see? Because they lost one last year. So whatever that is, the Lasers have to look at that and say, has he done enough to continue pushing this thing forward? The second thing is, long term, is this the guy that can take us to another Super Bowl and win it? That's the other part of the equation. Because if not, what are you doing? You're settling for mediocrity. You're settling for good when you really need great. And that that's something else that the have to really take into consideration. The good news, Matt, is is they just came off a Super Bowl a couple years ago. They know what it looks like. Yeah. Right. This is different than than having John Gruden and then going through Raheem Morris and Greg Ciano and Levy Smith and Dirk Cutter. At some point in time, you forget what what it looks like, Mm -hmm. right? Because it's been you're you're a decade away from from winning and, and and you don't even know you don't even remember what that what it was like. But now with Bruce Arians, you remember what it was like, and now you've got two Super Bowl winning head coaches, John and Bruce, and both of those guys were offensive minded. Both those guys were a little on the volatile accountability side, really demanding coaches, verbal, vocal coaches. I'm not saying that that's the only way to win, but you're certainly too O with that approach here in yeah. Tampa, and uh, and they'll have to make that determination. Has Todd Bowles done enough to push this thing forward? And keep progress, and then is he the right guy? That uh, eventually, once we build another Super Bowl caliber roster, can he get it across the finish line?
2: All well, I'll say is if if they end up winning the division, and you know whether it's eight and nine, nine and eight, yeah. seven ten, if they win their first round playoff matchup, which again would be quite difficult yeah it, it's very tough to justify firing a coach yeah exactly one playoff game last right season. exactly uh meets mcgee with a five dollar super chat this is off subject scott did the 80s produce the greatest group of running backs
1: the 80s produced the greatest hair bands for sure i'm a big hairband aficionado right um um i got to meet bon jovi at the east west shrine practice um that, that was really cool uh, that, that that's that's probably a pewter pulse topic for another day in the off season that was a fantastic. Uh, and John's a huge football fan. We, we actually yeah. talked for about 30 minutes. That was fun. So uh, setting the hair bands aside, to answer your question, yeah, um, I grew up a Washington Redskins fan. Uh, I had a John Riggins jersey I wore every single day when I lived in Northern Virginia. That's where I was born in second grade. I wore that jersey every single day. And, and, uh, but the thing is, back then... The running game was a staple. If you didn't have a thousand yard running back, you were you had no chances of making the playoffs. You were not yeah. going to the Super Bowl, etc. So it was a different time back then, a different era. At the same time, I mean, there's still some hella good running backs. It just it's a position where you have to pass protect. You've got to be able to do that. You got to be a factor in the passing game, and it requires more. Uh, dual threat ability you got to be able to run it and catch it and so therefore i think the running backs have become a little bit more interchangeable and a, a little bit less important and you're seeing that reflected in these guys not getting paid as much um i love a good running game as much as, as anybody but it's almost like like a little bit of a bygone era. it's coming back now but it, you don't have to have that stud running back like like you used to
2: yeah and by the way uh Ron Jovi, he used to own the Arena Football League team, the yeah, Philadelphia cult, Soul, That's or right. at least was a part-time owner. Yeah, so, with Ron yeah. Jaworski, yeah. Big-time football fan. Yep. Another super chat from Eric Moreno. Thank you for the $2 super chat. Would you be surprised if David and Davis practice? <laughs> yeah, I I, I would, um, yeah. especially because later on in the season, guys practice less and less just because the the yep. of attrition of playing football on a daily basis. So, yeah, I think thir- Thanksgiving, Thursday, will probably be more of an indicator of – who yeah. has a chance to play in the game and who doesn't?
1: The other thing too is is that you look at the injuries. David with the groin, and and you've got uh, uh, Carlton Davis with with that hip injury.
2: Yeah.
1: And the only thing that's going to rest or the only thing that's going to help those is rest, right?
2: Yeah. Exactly. So I, I just I don't
1: I don't see them playing in the game. I'd be very surprised unless it was like a little tweak for Levante and he's feeling much better, or you know I, I don't know I I'm not holding out hope that these guys play.
2: I would hope, though, I said this on the other show, but I'll say it again. I would hope that you guys, uh, if you're not already doing so, please follow Pewter Report on all of our social media. We're at Pewter Report on X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. Then, of course, our YouTube channel is Pewter Report TV, where we are putting out content after content after content. So uh, make sure you subscribe to Pewter Report TV. Please like and subscribe to this video. Leave a comment as well. Great interaction with the fans uh, on a daily basis on our YouTube channel, so want to keep that going. Just a reminder, no show tomorrow. No show on Thursday as well yep. because of Thanksgiving, uh, but we will have a show on Wednesday okay. where we preview Bucks first Colts, and then, of course, we'll have the Peter Game Day show on Sunday and the Peter Post Game show as well. But that's going to do it for us yep. on this afternoon's show. For Scott Reynolds, I'm Matt Matera saying thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you on Wednesday for another edition of the Peter Report podcast. Out! Yep.